So, how do your Christmas celebrations compare to your Easter celebrations? Today, Barbara Rainey points out we get it all backwards. Did you know that Jesus never told us to celebrate his birth? What did he tell us to celebrate? What did he tell us to commemorate and remember? His death, burial, and resurrection. He told us to focus on his sacrifice for us. Welcome to Ever Thine Home with Barbara Rainey, a podcast dedicated to helping you experience God in your home. Thanks for listening. You know, it's hard to believe, but Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday are just around the corner. This year, Good Friday falls on April 2nd. So how are you making the days leading up to Easter special? That's something Barbara wants to encourage us to think about today. The message you're about to hear was recorded a few years back on a special Caribbean cruise for couples hosted by Family Life. It's the Love Like You Mean It cruise. Let's listen together. Here's part one of a message from Barbara Rainey on the importance of celebrating Easter in meaningful ways. One of the reasons I'm excited to talk to you about Easter is about a year ago, Dennis and I were listening to a sermon by Tim Keller. And he had a sermon that was about Psalm 2, and it was about the king. And during the sermon, he quoted this stanza of a hymn, and I had never heard it before. It says, Thou art coming to a king, large petitions with thee bring, for his grace and power are such, none can ever ask too much. I just thought, wow, I am coming to the King every time I pray. And so often I come with little things, selfish things, Lord, help me find a parking place, just trivial, dumb stuff, right? But when I heard that that day, I thought, I'm coming to the King, and God wants me to come before Him with prayers that are worthy of Him. And it's not that He doesn't want us to pray about small things. I still pray about small things. But it lifted my eyes to the magnitude of who He is and what He wants me to do. So after I heard that and I kept thinking about it, I kept saying those verses over and over in my head, I said one day, I said, Lord, what do you want me to pray? What large petitions do you want me to bring before your throne? And I waited for a while, and the first thing that popped into my head was Easter. And I thought, that's it. I'm going to start praying that God would give me the privilege of helping us change the way we celebrate Easter. I'd been thinking about it anyway, but when I heard those stanzas out of that hymn, I thought, that's it. I want God to use me and many others to help change the way we celebrate Easter, not only in our country, but around the world. And I'm going to explain to you why I think that's so important. I want to tell you a little bit about the history of Easter and also the corresponding holiday of Lent. This I read in A.W. Tozier's book. He said, to the early Christians, Easter was not a holiday. We think of it as a holiday, don't we? He said it wasn't even a holy day. It wasn't even a day at all to the early Christians. He said, instead, it was an accomplished fact that lived with them all year long. 
He said they did not celebrate his rising from the dead and then go back to their everyday lives and wait another year. He said they lived by the fact that Christ had risen from the dead and they had risen with him. That's the way Easter should be celebrated. And when, he, when I read that, I thought, that's what I want. I want to help us in this country find a way to elevate the celebration of Easter because it is the pinnacle of our faith. If it were not for the cross, we would all be lost. We should celebrate it as the important event that it was in our lives. I want to tell you a little bit about Lent because Lent is something that I've been recently discovering. I grew up in the Methodist church. We never talked about Lent. We never celebrated Lent. I had a lot of friends uh, as a child in the Catholic church and they celebrated Lent and it didn't make sense to me. I didn't understand it. But Lent was first instituted many, many centuries ago out of the Council of Nicaea in 325. So 300 years after Christ, the church fathers got together and they were writing documents to help clarify people's faith and to put into writing the universal statements and tenets of our belief. And during that council, they wrote a piece about Lent. They wanted to give believers several practical ways of celebrating church life. It was described as a 40-day time period to mirror Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness. And Lent was given to the churches to prepare believers for Resurrection Sunday. Lent also means the lengthening of days. So as we begin Lent, it's still winter time, but by the time we get to Easter, the days are longer. Um, spring has come, so the word Lent also means the lengthening of days. Lent is to Easter what Advent is to Christmas. Both of them are times of preparing to celebrate God's intervention on our behalf, the coming of Christ at Christmas, and then the sacrifice and resurrection of Christ at Easter. Both of them are very important holidays, but Easter is the most important. But today, and you all know this just as well as I do, there is a great disparity in the way we celebrate those two holidays, isn't there? A big, big difference. How much time do you spend celebrating and preparing for Christmas? More than likely, most people in this room spend days and weeks getting ready for Christmas, decorating for Christmas, shopping for Christmas, cooking for Christmas. Some people spend months, right? When do we start thinking about Christmas? A lot of us start thinking about Christmas in January. We start thinking about our list, we find things on sale. I mean, I used to do this, and it was more of a practical matter for me. Ashley, my daughter, does it because it's a practical matter for her. I used to find things on sale, and I'd think, oh, that'd be a great gift for this child, and so I'd buy it, and I'd stick it in a closet. But because of the whole, everything that's wrapped up in the Christmas holiday, we start thinking about it really early. And if you don't start thinking about it in January, you might start thinking about it in June or July. And if not, in June or July, most people for sure in the fall. In other words, the point is, we think about it way before the actual day. By contrast, how much time do we spend thinking about and preparing for Easter? When do you start thinking about and preparing for Easter? If you're like most people, maybe on Palm Sunday, which is seven days before Easter Sunday. Maybe not even until Thursday or Friday before Easter Sunday. Or maybe not at all. Maybe Easter Sunday is just another Sunday. 
And that, to me, is really, really sad. I think the modern reality for most of us is we do a little something. We may have a special dinner. Um, If you have kids at home, they get new clothes. Um, You have little Easter baskets or whatever. You go to church, and then we come home, and life is back to normal. Watch TV, watch golf, do errands, kids do homework. There's nothing really different about the day in which we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Did you know that Jesus never told us to celebrate his birth? He never told us to celebrate his birth. What did he tell us to celebrate? What did he tell us to commemorate and remember? His death, burial, and resurrection. He told us to focus on his sacrifice for us. And what do we do? We get it all backwards which is so typical, I think, of us as children. We get it all upside down. Interestingly, I did a little bit of research before, um, as I was preparing for this, and got on some Bible software real quickly and just looked at how many verses are there in the New Testament that talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ compared to how many that talk about His birth. And I discovered that there were roughly 185 verses that talk about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection in the New Testament, compared to only 80 about His birth. So the Scripture supports the importance of the resurrection over the importance of His birth. Again, you can't have one without the other, but it illustrates that we, as as His people, we as His children, have gotten it all backwards. There was a poll conducted um, in 2012 asking people some basic questions about Easter. Only 55% correctly identified Judas as the man who betrayed Christ. So only half of the people interviewed correctly knew who Judas was. Another question was about Pontius Pilate. And again, only half of the people correctly knew who Pontius Pilate was. There were some people who thought he was one of Jesus' disciples. And then another question, the response was, um, was really low. There were only 21% of these people interviewed who knew anything about what Good Friday and Easter was. And it's such an illustration, again, that the meaning of Easter has been lost. I think the, if the poll was taken on Christmas, more people would know that Christmas was about Jesus' birthday. So for a long, long time, Lent was an integral part of the church life, and then it kind of began to go away. But as I said before, Lent is to Easter what Advent is to Christmas. It's a wonderful time to prepare for the greatest moment in history, the resurrection of Christ. A lot of people give up something for Lent. It's not necessary to do that. But the whole point of Lent is to prepare your heart to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Secondly, it's a time for families to grow together spiritually and biblically to help you and your family focus in on the need for Jesus Christ. Why did he come? Why did he have to die? Why did he have to sacrifice his life on our behalf? And build some anticipation for Easter Sunday. Another suggestion on Lent is that many people fast from something during Lent. It doesn't have to be food. I know people who have fasted from Facebook. I know people who have fasted from reading books. Or It doesn't really matter. The point of it is, the reason that that, um, choosing to give something up for Lent is meaningful is because it reminds us that Jesus Christ gave everything for us. 
And so some people choose to do that because it's a way to remind them on a daily basis for the six weeks of Lent that Jesus Christ gave his all for me, and therefore I can sacrifice something for him. And then last, for those people who do choose to fast, Lent is 46 days long. And the reason it's 46 days long and not just 40 is because the church has historically regarded every Sunday as a mini resurrection Sunday. And so Sundays are to be celebrated. Sundays are to rejoice in. Sundays are not a time to fast and to mourn. And so um, if you choose to do that, you fast Monday through Saturday. And then on Sunday, the fast is broken and you celebrate the risen Christ on Sunday. And then again on Monday, you would start the fast again. Well, again, that's Barbara Rainey in the first part of a message about the importance of Easter. You know, it's worth thinking about what we're doing in these days leading up to Easter. Do we decorate our homes any differently? Do our schedules look different? That's something Barbara pays special attention to at the Rainy Home. In fact, head over to everthinehome.com. Barbara has lots of great ideas for how you can creatively and beautifully make the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus something that's central in your home. Again, that web address is everthinehome.com. Now, next time on this podcast, we'll hear the conclusion of Barbara's message. She'll spell out four different ways you and I can raise the visibility or the importance of Easter. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for joining us today. May your home and your heart be ever his. And we'll see you next time for Ever Thine Home with Barbara Rainey.